Episode 161 of Justified Pursuit. Riding shotgun as always, the good counselor Chisholm Cook. How are you feeling today, buddy? Oh, uh, great. I'm <clears throat> looking forward to the cedar to be done. It's very close, but it's very high at the moment. Okay. Got to, uh, to put that the on pleasure. the uh, who gives a S list. You're always complaining about the cedar. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's this time of year, man. It's like nonstop. And then... I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop asking you how you're doing if you're just gonna bitch about the cedar every time. I was also gonna share that probably because of the cedar, my daughter, my youngest, uh, got in our bed at 1:30 in the morning and having a coughing fit. Yeah. So I listened to her cough for 10 minutes and then got up and got her some Delsum and actually put some Vicks vapor rub on her and she fell right to sleep, but then kicked me until 5 a.m. Mm. So I'm a little foggy headed today, but I'm good other than that. How are you? You don't have a king size bed in your big mansion there in Rolverde? I do, but <laughs> nine times out of ten, when that one gets in my bed, she likes to crowd right up against dad. Because I guess I had bed. one get in my bed last night too, and I thought it was like, oh, time for school because her alarm went off. And they, sometimes the girls, one of them always comes and snuggles before, like she goes and makes breakfast. Frankie does, Stella does occasionally. Uh, but I was like, I guess it's time to get up. Oh, my alarm hadn't gone off yet. But then I realized Aaron was still in bed, and Aaron leaves for work at 5 a.m. So I was like, oh, I guess I get to go back to sleep. And uh, yeah, but she didn't kick me. I don't know. Didn't even yeah. notice. I mean, I knew she was there, but I was fine. But apparently uh, I kicked her because she reported to her mother before leaving for school. I was having a really good dream about doing good in math, and then dad kicked me, and I almost cried. Well, you know what? Have your dreams in your own bed. <laughs> Preach, brother. <laughs> she was like, did you kick her? And I go, I didn't kick her, but I might have shoved her at one point. <laughs> if she needs a safe space, she can find it in her own bed. I own safe space. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I went to Nashville last week for the SCI show. It was awesome. Uh, and we don't have to talk a lot about it, but the one takeaway that I had from the event was I was at a luncheon with six United States senators, all there supporting hunting and conservation. Obviously, both of the Tennessee senators, um, it's their state. They both spoke. Two Alaskan senators, one from Kansas. I don't remember. Where, I can't recall where the other one was from. Uh, but six of them right there That's in the cool. room, all supporting. Oh, and there were multiple congressmen in there as well, too. But all supporting hunting and conservation. And I, I, the takeaway is this. When people say I'm a I'm a Democrat hunter, well, okay, where's where are your senators getting together in numbers as high as six to support guns and hunting? And then I'll believe your bull s. But until then, Democrat hunter, the Democrat gun owner, I get it. I mean, Democrats want to protect themselves, but uh, there's this, yeah. Well, there's, the reality is nobody who calls themselves a Democrat and has half a brain actually knows why they're a Democrat. Yeah. So, Which I, I guess that's why they have half a brain. Democrat but no BS. Did you see the Bill Maher thing from last week? No. What did he say? So he had on this guy. Have you ever heard of Patrick Bet David? Yeah. Yeah. So he had PBD on his show, 
or maybe it was vice versa. Maybe Marv was on PBD show. I don't know. But they were talking about Newsom and Patrick Beck David, who's that dude's awesome, by the way. Um, I really like that guy. He's like, you know, do you like what Newsom and do you like what he's done to your state? And he was like, I mean, I don't like what's happening in our state. My taxes could certainly be lower. And, um, but I've known Newsom for a really long time. He's done my show a bunch of time and I th- he's a really good guy and he's a winner. He can win. I can't believe we're messing with this Biden thing when, when he could win. And he goes, okay, are you a results oriented guy? And I don't know if you know this, but so he does his own like side radio uh, podcast thing. Mar does, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Where they smoke weed. He gets high as a kite the whole time uh-huh. for sure. Yeah. He's definitely high in this conversation, although PBD was not because he doesn't do that. Um, and maybe Mar will learn to stop getting high when he brings on somebody who spits facts and, facts and logic. Mm. <clears throat> but anyway, he's like, are you a results oriented guy? And literally Mar was like, I, I, what do you mean? I guess. And he goes, well, I mean, you're, you're very successful. You've had multiple successful shows. You've got a very successful show. Now you're smart guy, driven guy. Are you a results oriented person? And he goes, yeah, I guess so. He's like, yeah, I thought you were. He's like, what results do you see from Gavin Newsom that you that you like? And all he could say was, well, he could win. He would win if we ran him as, a pre- as the president. And he goes, okay, <laughs> he wins and then what? What do you like that he's done with your state? And he literally goes, Mar goes, dude, I don't, I don't know. He, he made it rain. It's been raining the last year. So we've, we've got lot, plenty of water. That's all you had. Literally, he goes, dude, I don't know. And he's now annoyed he's just at not this point? Trump. He, in fact, what he said was, you know, something like, you know, I don't get caught up in results. You know, if my choices are, if my choices are bad or worse, then I'll, I guess I'll choose bad. And it's like, but name a policy, dude, one, one policy. Cause all you ever do when you're being reasonable on your show is talk about all the things you hate about what your party's doing. I heard you on Joe Rogan, sir, me Chisholm talking now, not PBD. Yeah. Talking about all the things you can't stand, but Republicans are worse. But you couldn't give a single articulate answer as to why, other than, oh, they're racist. But you don't like COVID, which, you know, the, the, the COVID response, which PBD, PBD did bring up. You don't like the taxes in your state. You don't like the homelessness in your state. You don't like the transitioning, the transgender ideology and pushing that on children. Right. You don't like, right you don't like the parents. immigration crisis. Do it. And taking that right away from parents to even know about it. Right. You don't like the immigration crisis. You don't like never ending war. But go. So if you don't like all these things, basically you're a conservative that still votes Democrat just because you want to say you're a Democrat. Because they manipulate you emotionally and you're too damn high all the time to realize. And so the Democrats you're talking about that are like hardcore Democrats, yet they're somehow into the Second Amendment and guns. It's like what I talk about with my mom all the time. Okay, so you hate Trump. What about the stuff that his administration did? You voted for Biden and you specifically told me because you it was a vote against Trump, but you voted for all of his policies. You can't do that. You can't say, like, I voted against Trump, but you voted for transitioning children and you voted for this open border crisis and you opened for, you know, you voted for forcibly vaccinating people with experimental gene therapies and you voted full term abortions. Hmm? Full term abortions. Throw that one. Right. Aborting full, like, full grown babies. Good call. Best, best mm-hmm. answer right there. Speaking of, isn't it awesome that literally all the Democrats have, have we said this yet? All they have now, all they have, all that Biden wants to talk about is killing babies. Don't talk about anything else going on in the world. Just remember that Trump means you don't get to kill babies. 
and everybody needs to get really angry about that. And he's a Catholic, he says. Right. Let's get back to Nashville. <laughs> I went off on a tirade there. Oh, that's all I had. I, I mean, there's no there's no reason to really go into. I mean, it was a hunting trade show. It was awesome. Uh, saw friends from all over the world, and so uh, but, it was. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that was the the main thing that really because I hammer that point like. So you're a Democrat, but you hunt and you like the Second Amendment, but then you vote Democrat, which goes against the Second Amendment and the the vehicle that funds conservation, which is hundred dollars, angular dollars. Like it's a, a wild contradiction that I don't know how you suss out internally, but uh, these people somehow manage to do it. But they have to know it doesn't make sense. But yeah. Anyway, you know our favorite. Uh, <laughs> Are the guy that we we always had a little bit of ire for, uh, Ryan Bussey, that wrote that book and is running for governor of Montana. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, this is I'll play this clip. This is classic, classic deflection. And so he wrote the book Gunfight. This is a uh, former uh, VP at Kimber Firearms for 25 years, and then he wrote the book. We've talked about that on the show briefly, right? He wrote this book Gunfight. Sure. Yeah. It, basically, if you, in his own words, the book is about uh does i have the the copy of the book right here a screenshot of it ryan bussey gunfight my battle against the industry that radicalized america so that's what he summarizes his own book in those words and um this is ryan bussey yesterday or this weekend oh saturday saturday sorry in montana is he there no, he yeah. wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, these are. There were six conservative senators in that room. No, he was not there. He wouldn't show his face in that place. No way in hell. It's pretty crazy, but uh, we already know that the Republicans are going to come out and try to call me anti-gun after I spent 25 years in the gun industry, just because I have the common sense to stand up against radicalization. So I thought I'd show you what we do in this family on a Saturday. We're so anti-gun, which we're not. We're out here on a cold, snowy day. Doing what we do every Saturday in the winter, which is what, Badge? Shoot trout. Teal today. Yeah, we're shooting you shooting league, right? Yep. That's what Montana gun lovers do. That's what we're doing. Don't let these guys blow smoke at you just so they can divert you away from them wanting to raise your taxes, take your health care rights away, cut your public schools. That's what all this is about. I'm as Montana as it gets. <laughs> Okay, what dude. a douche nozzle. Oh my god, I can't believe that guy. Oh, the audacity. But what, what a classic deflection. It, you know, I so in my post I said, "Hey, Henry and I went and shot his BB gun yesterday. We're unequivocally pro second amendment." You know, like I don't give a crap if you and your kid go. And what he's notorious for and all he ever posts about is upland hunting with a $10,000 shotgun in the mountains. I was about to say. I was yeah. about to say champagne socialists love their fancy uh, their fancy over and unders, yep. and their fancy gun clubs, and their highfalutin, you know, sport of kings type crap. But you know, if you own an AR-15, then you're a radical. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's basically said he he doesn't think we should own AR-15. Not basically, he has said that he right. will try. He's 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 the their version of Beto that actually does own a shotgun and doesn't have beaver teeth. But that's basically what he is. That's but their how whole funny. thing. Biden, this isn't I'm, about guns, guys. They're going to come after me and say I'm anti-gun. Well, here's the book that you wrote, jackass. Right. Yeah, they are going to say you're anti-gun. You're right. But you're going to turn it into 
uh, you know, about raising your taxes and gutting your public. I love that, that the Republicans want to raise their taxes. That's the level of woke projection that I can't even, I mean, you know, it's, it's very typical that the gaslighting is clearly designed to make you crazy. But then when they start, he starts saying that the Republicans in Montana want to raise taxes. I'm like, that's got that. Surely nobody bought that. That's Orwellian speak. Mm, well, did anybody buy this? Between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. That was this week. Uh, that's one of the things Bill Maher didn't buy. Um, yet he still supports all that. But, um, yeah. you know, there's part of me that thinks that the uh, that there are enough Americans that are so easily swayed by what the the news still says that they mm-hmm. actually somehow will buy that this bipartisan quote unquote border security bill, which was actually just another huge handout to Ukraine. Um, and which actually basically defanged the border patrol and made it easier for people to flood into our country. Dude, it says up to 8,500 migrants a day. Right. Or somehow some Americans will find, because this is the spin right now, right? Look at how dysfunctional the Republicans are. They couldn't even impeach my and then they couldn't even get votes in the Senate now to back their own bill that they co-wrote. So this is all their fault. There's going to be some people who actually buy that. But I also think, Hopefully, two for every one of those. There, for every one of those, there will be two people who are like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." Trump's been talking about this border thing since 2016, and Trump put in place a whole bunch of policies that actually arrested the problem for three years. And then, as soon as Biden took office, we all know he scrapped all that and spent the next three years opening the floodgates. And now he wants amnesty for all the people that he opened the floodgates to, and calls that a border security deal. That's silly. Don't even know who's in the country, and a lot of them aren't even Hispanic. I would imagine that all the ones who who buy this argument probably also believe the fact that the Inflation Reduction Act, or the idea that the Inflation Reduction Act was aimed at decreasing inflation. So, Hmm. well, you know, so I I put that out on social media, and of course, here come the some of the oh the Democrat hunters that follow my page were like, "Where's Trump's border wall?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, that was that that was going to take longer than four years." to erect from the beginning, but then Biden came in and sold all of the material for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> do they respond to that or do they just sort no. of ghost you? No, that's, that's right. all they said. And I didn't even, I said, but here's the thing. The weird thing is when I made that post, I said, this is what you get when you cross a pathological liar with a heavy dose of dementia. I didn't say anything about Trump it was about Biden. And of course, their response was Trump this, Trump that. What did Trump do? I'm like, who said anything about Trump? We're talking about Biden. I thought, no, it's all it's always the Trump derangement. Syndrome. They can't defend Biden, like I just said. My mom, she didn't vote quote for Biden. She voted against Trump for Biden. <laughs> As a Christian, yeah. Weird that your mom can suss that out, but your mom's not unique. There's lots of people that did it. I'm sure she's trying to suss that out. It's more just like I did it, and then now it's just cognitive dissonance. Totally. Perfect comfort. Perfect comfort in the double think. Huh. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, Trump announced a couple front runners for VP this past week. It was like it was the end of last week after we taped. Uh, the possibly gay senator we discussed last week. Tim Scott, 
And then he mentioned the terrible, Nikki the terrible. Did he not? No, he mentioned uh, uh, Scott and um, Christy Nome. He did not mention oh, Nikki. Thank God. Those Christy are the only Nome. two he threw out there. But then he also like said, Christy but Nome. there's many others on the list. I haven't made my decision yet, but he spoke about those two specifically. So, What do you think of Christy Nome? She likes to hunt, likes guns. I liked everything about her until she vetoed the uh, North Dakota transgender legislation. I didn't know she did that. Always a red flag for me. Always. Yeah. Which uh, that is troubling. Yeah. Uh, so, Governor what, Asa Hutchinson did the same thing in in Arkansas, and then tried to run for president. Nikki Haley, despite a beautiful track record of legit conservatism as House of Representatives and Governor of South Carolina, decided to veto in twenty fourteen. I think it said a school bathroom bill that would say that you had to use the bathroom assigned to your biological sex and her excuse was this small government notion that uh this is not a real problem and we don't need a law for this no well you shouldn't because common real problem sense now says that you should just go to the bathroom where fair you enough you shouldn't should go need to the bathroom right. there's there's not a bathroom that says chicks with dicks it's just boys boys over here girls over here and if you're a chick with a dick I'm sorry, you still go to the boy bathroom because you're not a chick because you have a dick. Um, so what up? What's up with Nikki though? Uh, I saw a little headline, and then you said no, don't don't dive into it because you wanted to uh, wanted to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of backstory here. Um, this week, the week you of- wanted to get my initial my my raw reaction. The week of February 5th, which, by the way, happy 70th to four-star. He turned 70 on Monday the 5th. Happy birthday. Um, yeah, I think it was the 6th. So so they did this weird thing in, in Nevada where they decided, somebody decided that Nevada needed a primary where Nevada was, I guess, a caucus state in the Republican side. Hmm. And the Nevada GOP said we're not going to recognize a primary but then they held one anyway somebody did i don't know how it works I, I should have dug a little deeper into the history of how that played out i know i read it a week or two ago at least sort of broad strokes but so this week on tuesday they held a primary in nevada and then tomorrow thursday they're going to hold a uh caucus and the gop um committee or whatever of the state of Nevada said, we will not recognize the primary. The winner of the caucus will be our nominee for president. And in fact, they basically consider the primary thing, some sort of like insurrection into their process to use a term of the day. And therefore anybody who throws their hat in the primary ring and will not be eligible to be in the caucus. So they tried to like blackball the primary and so Trump is on the ballot in the caucus, as is some pastor, um, I think Byron something or other, some pastor that threw his hat in the ring. But guess what? Nikki Haley decided her, her MO has been that the GOP committee of Nevada is trying to rig the election for Trump, which is hilarious, speaking of projection. And in protest to their rigged process, she decided to throw her name on the primary ballot, which meant she was then blackballed from the caucus, which is the only one that matters. 
So you, you follow all that? Yeah. So so on Tuesday, you had the opportunity, if you're a Nevadan, to vote in a primary, which would mean you're voting for a person who will not be the representative of your party because they're not eligible because of the state's GOP rules. And Stupid it was charade. it was two options in the primary, two options, and there'll be two options in the caucus. The two options in the primary were Nikki Haley and another person, something like any other person. Right? Is that what it do? Is that how it no, read? I, I'm looking at it now. Uh, it says Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Tim Scott, John Castro, or none of these candidates. None of the okay, so there were several, I guess. Uh, yeah, good, fair, fair, fair correction. None of these candidates. Um, the bottom line is Nikki lost to none of these candidates <laughs> by 30 percent. Yeah, none of these candidates. The option, none of these candidates, like got 60.4 you know, like, percent of the vote, like E, none of the above. Yeah, all of those people you just named plus Nikki. They lost to none of these candidates. None of these candidates received, did you just say 64% of the vote? 60.4%. 60.4. So a full, full majority, a 60% majority of people who bothered to vote in the Nevada primary that doesn't even count in the first place <laughs> said none of these, <laughs> I don't want any of these candidates. It's not a small sample size either. Over... It looks like about 45,000 people participated in the vote. So Sweet. That's like half as many people as voted for Biden in New Hampshire. Uh, not yeah. quite. I think he got like 160 or maybe it was 160 that voted total. But anyway, yeah. So she got trounced by, none of by 30% to an unnamed, unspecified figment of people's imagination. If that's not the Although, death knell for a campaign, I don't know what is. Dude, I can't wait. You remember how she finished third in Iowa and then claimed that, see, this makes it a two-person race, and then she got yeah. her ass kicked by double digits in New Hampshire and was like, I'm coming for you, and she's going to get destroyed later this month in South Carolina, and that should be her last stand. But yeah, now she's gotten destroyed in a primary that didn't matter by nobody, by 30%, and then tomorrow you'll have Trump versus some guy who he'll destroy by 80% and somehow somehow they'll spin this as a victory and claim the thing was rigged in the first place and it's kind of like maybe you could claim it was rigged Nikki if you had won but you lost what? by 30% to nobody so do us all a but favor but she's still doing the charade because of money meanwhile instead of instead of actually campaigning there to your exact point good point I, the article I read in Politico was that instead of spending time campaigning for the last two weeks in Nevada, she split her time between her home state of South Carolina, where she's campaigning, and rich enclaves of California fundraising. Hmm. There you go. With the, with the champagne socialists, obviously. So. Uh, I like that term, champagne socialists. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Rules for thee. Anyway, I just dude, it was the it made my morning to find out that Nikki Haley run to none of these can lost to none of these candidates by thirty points. Did she finish second? Do you have the full? Yeah, she did. she did. She finished. She finished second. She uh, 
She finished second with 33.2%. Mike Pence, who I don't know how he's even relevant anymore, finished third, 4.2%, and then Tim Scott, 1.3%. So I think Nevadans uh, made it very clear what they think of yeah. the Nikki the Terrible. I mean, we know what none of these other candidates is obviously code for. It's not even very covert mm-hmm. code, right? It's they want bad orange man. <laughs> Savage. Right. 45 Savage. Savage. Yeah. Um, Mofax coined that term. That's right. Which I also Have you listened to that one? I did. Yeah. What'd you think? It was great. Yeah. No, I thought it was awesome. That was a good one. But I thought we I th- we talked about it a little bit last week, right? Or no. We talked well, about it after the was... one the one I had you li- the most recent one I had you listen to, and then I told you there's a few I want to send you, which I haven't done yet, but I specifically said no. episode forty five, which is called Forty Five Savage, is about Yeah, Trump I didn't and- listen to that one yet. Oh, you haven't? That's what I'm No, talking. no, sorry. You need sorry. To. Uh, so, but historically, like, you said Nikki's done some good things. Like yeah, a bunch of flag. conservative stuff as she was coming up in the ranks. <laughs> and then she changed uh, South Carolina's state flag. Yeah, so she initially was against the idea, and then that, um, that shooting in that church in Charleston happened, mm-hmm. where the crazy guy shot up the black church. And her first statement after that was there. I'm sure there will be new conversations now revised or renewed conversations about the flag thing. And within a week she decided we should change the flag. And then they took it down and she signed the law saying that they can't have the flag anymore, which that's the least of her problematic stuff. Um, Perhaps the most of her problematic. Yeah. She brought a whole bunch of, Chinese industry into her state, calling that a big economic windfall while simultaneously, you know, talking bad about China when she became part of Trump's cabinet as the UN ambassador and their treatment of the Uyghur Muslims. Um, I'm telling you, man, like she was, you know, she's the daughter of immigrants who were, you know, her father was a, was a professor and her mother owned some clothing stores that she worked in after going and getting a accounting and finance degree and, I think she was probably raised with pretty conservative values and she pretty well stuck to them. And then, you know, you go through, she was like, like president of the chamber of commerce and some like local stuff and pretty much a firebrand on typical conservative stuff. She was very strong on immigration requiring that any immigrants in the state of South Carolina have, um, um, be able to present ID to prevent basically being taken to jail for being illegally here. She was very hardcore against taxes, um, thwarting most taxes, like at every front and cutting taxes. Um, <clears throat> and she ascended to the governorship, uh, actually appointed Tim Scott. I didn't realize that until I was reading up on her, hmm. but she appointed Tim Scott when I don't remember what, who what what senator either stepped down or I don't know maybe died somehow the seat was vacated and when that happens in between when a when a senator with term left leaves office then the governor of that state appoints a senator and then when that term ends whether that's four years later or three years later or one year later then that person can run for election for the first time but as the incumbent right so he's been reelected since then because he was handed the seat. Um, 
really the only like real negative thing I could see up until she entered up like up into the national stage was this transgender bill, bathroom bill she tried to veto. But she was on the Council for Foreign Relations, the CFR, which I think we've talked about is basically the think tank of the military industrial complex, both sides, Republican and Democrats. Yeah. If you're part of the CFR, you like spending money on bombs. And she's made that abundantly clear. Um, she did a good job at the UN, left office, and then went straight to the board of Boeing, which of course is all into making bomber planes. Right. Um, yeah. And now she's running the weirdest campaign in history where, oh, on Saturday, she just decided to go on SNL and let them mock Trump while she did a fake town hall and then fielded a question at the end of her. This was like the cold open, right? Right. She has a fake town hall with somebody who's, I don't even know the, I mean, the cast of SNL now, could could they be more irrelevant? I haven't watched SNL in years. Forever, years years. right? Yeah. But there's nobody on it that's funny anymore. There's nobody on it that you would recognize. Um, there's the one black guy he's been on. The one black for, guy what, is the only one. 15 years or something. Right. He's been on it for a long time. Um, and I think he's decent. He seems fairly funny. Mm-hmm. But neither of us can name the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Notice that. <laughs> it's on the tip of my The tongue. black guy. Uh-huh. <clears throat> he, she... Has this fake town hall with the worst Trump impersonator of all time. And then at the end, she takes a question from a black lady who's, I guess, an SNL cast member who said, what do you think caused the Civil War? And would you say it might start with an S and end with lavery? And Nikki goes, yeah, slavery. I should have answered that the first time. Live from New York on Saturday night. What are you like? Clearly, you're just fundraising. That's all she's, she can't, she's must be, if there's any legitimate hope she has for trying to actually be the nominee, it must strictly ride on the notion that Donald Trump's going to get convicted of something that somehow takes him out. That has to be her only prayer now because her campaign is terrible. She's completely lost her way. She can't answer simple questions from a conservative standpoint. The most boilerplate, simple things like, can a man become a woman? Madam Ambassador, right? Madam Governor, can a man become a woman? You used to have a good answer to this back in the day, even though she vetoed the transgender thing. She has supported keeping trans kids out of women's sports. And now she's going on SNL. Like, what says uniparty, you know, champagne socialist, please vote for me, Democrats, because you know your candidate is brain dead. Well, what says the whole thing, like, why is she on out? SNL to begin with? Well, I'm okay, saying. that's a left-leaning outlet. And they're like, oh, here, let's give this... left-leaning. It's full-blown left-wing now. It's a left-wing propaganda. Sure. Okay, well, the, the point is, let's give Trump's only competition some, some stage time here. But that's what I'm saying, is like, in what world does Nikki Haley and anybody associated with the brand of a Republican Party at this point in 2024 think that was going to help her become the nominee like who on her campaign how did she how did she not stand up and say hey you know what y'all i get what you're trying to do this is a bad idea SNL's not going to help me she should have making fun of trump mm. just going on there 
I mean, at all, right? It's in retrospect how you should have known how we both we all should have known Dan Crenshaw was a rhino, right? Well, I guess there is a limit to the term any PR is good PR. That's what I'm saying. There's definitely a limit to it at this point in our society. I don't think, at least when you're trying to run in a Republican primary in 2024, that's not good publicity. No. To go ham it up on SNL and let them mock you and your opponent who's stomping everybody right now. Did you see the other day? So two weeks ago, SNL on the, um, what do they call the little news bit? Um, mm, I don't know. Norm McDonald used to do it. He was the, the king of Seth it. Seth Meyers, Colin Yost does it. Now. A total the news bag. Right. Colin, jo- Colin, Colin Yost does it now. I guess there is one guy we can recognize. But you know what I'm talking about? The weekend update. Yeah, weekend update. On weekend update, they were mocking Trump for using the word debanking because he brought up like, under my administration, I will make it illegal to, for you to be debanked for your conservative, you know, your political beliefs. And they acted like that wasn't a thing. And they mocked him and they said something really dumb like, we think Trump might be de-stupid or something. Like it, it, The dude, Yost, acted like, like he had made the word up. And I'm like, did you see what happened to the truckers in Canada? Yeah. Are you aware of what happened to Nigel Farage in the UK? Are you aware of what happened to Kanye? This is a real deal, man. If you say things out loud that the power structure doesn't like, they will take away your right to have a bank account. What else do you call it? Meanwhile, China has taken away your your right to manage your own <clears throat> bank account, however you see fit, with the digital currency, digital, uh, what, what is it, uh, your social credit score. Like right. they've already done it to their entire population. The exact thing. That, I mean, basically that's debanking, right? Like we control this now. It's your money, but you don't you don't control it. I would say it's a it's like a yeah, it's like a form it's a debanking variant. Your your microphone just crapped out. It's a debanking variant. Yeah. Social credit score in the the programmable digital De- like a variant, kind of like they're working on the new COVID variant with their right. uh Gain of function research that they claim they weren't doing. Fauci's like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, oh, oh, actually, you were, and now we have this COVID epidemic. But let's, uh, you know what? That wasn't good enough. Let's let's play around with a new variant and see if uh, we can. Well, let do that you do you remember the bottle here? That in 2021, after Rand Paul had eviscerated him, and after the whole country had talked about how Obama tried to stop it during his administration, this Congress including a 50-50 Republican split Senate and a Republican-controlled House, actually may have been before the 2022 elections. But you remember they refunded the NIH and mm-hmm. gain-of-function research? We've learned nothing, Chisholm. If the Mayorkas debacle... Itself, a wise man once said. If the Mayorkas debacle and the continued you know, spending on Ukraine and the things we've talked about with how the Republicans are complicit in the border stuff does not prove that any Republican in DC that's been there. Here's my thing on this. <clears throat> we agree that everything we say and do on our, on our cell phones is Track. subject to being monitored by like the deep state, right? The CIA, mm-hmm. the intelligence agencies, right? For sure. No doubt about that. There's plenty of like, court cases going on right now where they demanded the data that all of these apps back up on us. Like if you're on the phone 
you're being monitored, you're being listened to, you're being tracked. All that stuff's being collected and all the CIA or the FBI has to do is then go and subpoena that information or not even subpoena it, just demand it. And they can look at your whole history. Would you say that if you had suddenly become, instead of just the host of the Lone Star Outdoor show with a few hundred thousand rabid fans, a household national brand in politics, would you say that having everything you've ever done on your iPhone potentially subject to public scrutiny sounds like it might be something you would not want to happen? For sure. Right. Me too. And I think anybody listening that's being fair and honest has plenty of things in their past that they're not proud of. Well, I might be proud of it. I might be proud to have a naked picture of my wife on there, but I don't want everyone else to. Okay. I mean, (laughs) you you picked the most sanitized version of your potential porn habits, I would imagine. (laughs) Or past porn habits. I think they're past porn habits. Right. How many jokes have you made in texts? Right. You, You get my point, right? We all have. I mean, I sent you. I sent you one yesterday that would be like, it was borderline. Uh, it, it was something that I couldn't post on my own pages, but I looked at it. I'm like, that's hilarious, and it's Trump throwing a football. <laughs> Did you look at it? Oh yeah. Did you watch it? And then it hits. And there's Big Mike standing there, and it hits her right in the crotch, and then it's like it undid what was over holding her junk up, and then this big old schlong. Like she's wearing a dress, but then you just see like. Oh, there's a penis that just fell out of her undergarment. <laughs> yeah, football hits her in the in the junk and it in the penis. exposes that she has a penis. My point is everybody already has things in their past that you wouldn't necessarily want to be drug out. And then on top of that, you go to DC. Dude, all right. We all know about Epstein, right? Do you think Epstein's the only guy who was concocting ways to put high profile people in compromised situations? No. Right. No, of course not. So my point is, if you get elected to U.S. Congress more than once, they've got dirt on you. That's For all sure. there is to it. Like like the ladybugs. I don't. I can't. No. I don't know. <laughs> I thought last week that we should share that, but I, I'm not. No. No. Yeah, if you want more information, Chisholm, when I was in Nashville, said, just Google Lindsey Graham ladybugs. Don't do it. Consider <laughs> yourself warned. It's something I can't wash away. I can't get it off. But there's no visual aid to it. It's just reading it. Is You don't. It's worse. It's take worse. A shower afterwards. I think that just seeing the picture would have been maybe somehow better than having no, to no, imagine no. it you by reading it. That. No. The expl- mm-hmm. explanation is... Be better. <laughs> anyway... But- that's the kind of Frenchism is though. He would tell me to go look up something like that. And so that if I, if he was, if he was doing the mental gymnastics of having to know that now I had to as well, he had to drag me down with him. You're the only person that I did that to. And now you've done it to our whole audience of don't people. Google it. <laughs> don't. We know you're going to, but don't. <laughs> <laughs> so my point is look at, look at two primary votes that have happened in the house of representatives in the last um, two months. Most recently, Mayorkas comes up for impeachment. This is the guy who is violating the Constitution by not upholding the law at the border. Mm-hmm. Um, most directly. I mean, you could impeach Biden for this as well. And they don't even get it out of the House that they control. It lo- right. They lost on a House vote this week. 
about six weeks ago, two months ago, maybe we reported that the Patriot Act warrantless surveillance of American citizens as part of the FISA court system. This is where, you know, if you're talking to somebody from another country, they can tap you as a American citizen who has rights to due process, even if you have, they have no justification or no warrant for doing so. Um, which is how members of the Trump campaign, they were able to wrap into the Russian collusion hoax by making up stuff that they were allegedly, you know, alleged ties that they had that had nothing to do with any of the claims they were making. Anyway, that, if you recall, got lots of Republican sounding words, mostly from Rand Paul and then that guy, what's that Kentucky... Um, that liber sort of libertarian Republican guy from Kentucky that um, is in the House. Mm. No, I don't know his name. There were a few conservatives saying, hey, we shouldn't extend this anymore. This has been a, a massive anti-patriotic uh, invasion of American privacy for 20 years now. And it was up for renewal or it was going to go away. And guess what? Something like, was it, didn't I report like, over half of the Republican House of Representatives voted to extend it. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that's another yeah. thing that people don't know about the border bill is that we did outline it briefly, but there's a bunch of surveillance stuff included in that bill that has nothing to do with surveilling it, potential illegal immigrants. It has to do with surveilling American citizens. Right. So my point is, anytime you watch yeah, it's a great this supposedly bill. divided Congress march in lockstep step like 80% or 90% in favor of Ukraine funding and 80% or 90% in favor of surveilling American citizens. You watch somebody like my get away with what he's doing to the border. Just ask yourself, like, are you getting what you're voting for? And then realize that no, you're not because the actual power, which is the military industrial complex intelligence agency, deep state, blah, 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 blah owns all these guys and has them all by the balls and they vote how they're told. Yeah. And, and if and that's it's something that's not important, like, I think when these people go into politics, I think the majority of them are want to make a difference. Right. But then I once think, they I get think their, most of once them, they get their hooks in them, then they become their slave. That's why I was highlighting Nikki Haley's rise. Right. When yeah. she was like president of the County chamber of commerce and like the South Carolina women of business association, and then the state chamber of commerce, and then a freshman member of the state house, right? And then even as probably governor, she was a pretty damn good conservative. But now she's getting millions thrown at her by the uniparty left, whatever the hell you Which want is why she was in California. Right. Instead of campaigning in Nevada. Right. And now she can't answer questions like, can a man be a woman? Right. Hmm. Um. Maybe they don't have a lot of dirt on her. They just have money over her. Whether it's dirt on you or whether it's money on you, one way or another, the longer you stay in that game, the more corrupted and lockstep you march. You know, they can make all kinds of noises about things that the deep state uniparty platform doesn't care about and make it look like they're standing up for conservative values. But on the things that matter, like spending money on bombs, Rand Paul seems to be the only guy who... And, and, you know, it makes you wonder, like, does he just get to be the controlled opposition or is he legitimately like, and I think, he, I think he and his father somehow are, they're allowed to exist. 
They seem, yeah. I mean, he never, he never bends his principles, but how many times has the Senate voted 99 to one? And the one is Rand. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and this will never happen, but it just goes to prove the point that, you know, after you finish your term, you should just be done. I mean, that's how you clean this up realistically. You used to support term limits. I wouldn't wonder if now that she's running for president, if she would support term limits on, say, the Senate. Yeah, you should. That was one of her big platforms when she one was one or in two the... terms. That's it for all of it, because it's a, it's it's a civic service. It's not a career. But what? Oh, now we know it. I mean, look at Biden, forty five years as a politician. I mean, it's it's a career. It's a way to. I mean, really, it's a way to get rich. That's what yeah. it is. That's all. How much money does Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, and Chuck? How Schumer can we have? make the American citizens think we care about them while we make ourselves as unimaginably wealthy as possible? Right. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Biden's dementia continues to worsen, and he's had a couple gaffes this past week. He was visiting with the parents of one of the Army soldiers that was killed in Jordan. And by the way, oh, let me back this up. One other interesting thing happened in Nashville, and uh, this guy Sam Haley, he's a former Navy SEAL. He's he's at Sam Mackey. Sorry. He's actually coming to the studio tomorrow. He's flying here from Nashville. That's where he lives to do my other show. And he was on the convention floor and he's like, hey, come uh, come say hi. Come meet me and my friend Jay. Um, we're over here by this bar hanging out. And I was like, okay, I'll walk over there. I've never met the guy. So uh, I, met, I meet him and his friend Jay is Jay Cutler, who is a former, a former NFL quarterback. Huh. I immediately recognized. Oh, I was like, okay, I know that's Jay. Well, then his, uh, this other guy is giant man is the third the third uh, wheel here in their, their little party, and he uh, he just retired from the Patriots. He was an offense offensive lineman. So he's like, hey, um, and the, so him and Jay own this company, like a little fledgling apparel company, like with a outdoor leaning, you know, outdoor lifestyle type apparel company called Outsider. He's like, hey, we're having a little uh, get together, little happy hour thing. Uh, at the Four Seasons after the show, if you want to swing by. Like, yeah, okay, sure. I don't know what's in it for me, but cool. So I go over there, and I, I'm i thinking it's like a big industry party for their brand. And I get up there, and it's those three dudes smoking cigars and having a drink at in their in the Four Seasons condo, the high, like swanky little deal. I was like, oh, what is this? And he goes, oh, it's just our party pad. <laughs> like, and then we sat around and we talked about we talked about hunting basically for two hours. Then I had to go back over to the hotel for the banquet. And all they all we did was talk about hunting, with the exception of Sam. I asked him about whether he thought the drone strike was real and if those soldiers really died. And he goes, "Oh yeah, absolutely." Yeah, because he he served I don't know how many tours, but multiple. And and then I said, "And what about the two seals that were on that boat?" uh in the uh what sea was that where, where was that um but apparently remember. They drowned. remember no you know what i'm talking about the two me. seals that they said um uh, died right they couldn't recover their bodies they jumped one fell off and the other one apparently jumped in to save him and they were in that water the water was only 85 degrees but eventually i guess that will also that will cause hypothermia somehow um that's what he said 85 degree fahrenheit water 
maybe it was 80 degrees i don't know he said he said you can only withstand that for like 20 something hours i mean he's a frog man i guess he would know 20 something hours okay that seems i mean it's colder than your core body temperature and your core body temperature doesn't have to drop very far before it kills you so i mean i guess that makes sense um but so he and he said i said well could they have gotten killed in an attack and they just said they drowned to cover that up and he said no no he's like what they're saying is probably is probably what happened he's like i believe those those three certainly got killed in a drone strike but then he said kind of peel the curtain back pull the curtain back a little bit on what it's like to be special ops in an area where there's conflict but you're not allowed to do anything which is what's happening in the gaza strip right now we have tons of operatives over there he's telling me this he's his buddies over there right now right and he's like they're chomping at the bit they want to do something and they're just being told they can't do anything like when i when he was in but they're there. Uh, afghanistan he was like we had a, like a target all the time and we were we loved it and i was like this is interesting to hear like these guys talk about like they want to be out pursuing the enemy killing the bad guys when there's downtime it's freaking boring for them um but yeah it was, it, I, found, I found that interesting because we talked about last week how did they really die in a drone strike right yeah i mean that was like my kind of wild ass conspiracy theory did you happen to follow up with him and say was it any chance that it was our drone and it's a false flag operation that made <laughs> no, created a reason to go into iran i didn't i didn't ask because I, I i'm i'm fairly convinced that three people died yeah but to me it's a coin flip as to who's responsible i will say i texted you about this good segue into that matter so well, i'll play this clip after you say this yeah so the matter we're talking about was that a base that americans were in i don't know that it's our base necessarily in jordan yeah but a base that we have some presence at was bombed by a drone operated by a militia that act that's active in jordan that our state department claims is financially backed by iran who obama gave six billion dollars to and who trump put sanctions on which biden came in and removed so we've made them financially rich under the current regime twice now. And so now they're backing militants who are bombing American outposts. And that's giving us a pretense to then go to war against them, which is really interesting because so, it's like, well, so does that mean our money did that? But set that aside. So we did. The dementia patient in the White House dawdled for three or four days and then authorized, wasn't it like 84 uh, bombing strikes? Does that sound right? Yeah, it was a lot. A whole bunch. I think it was in the 80s. In response to allegedly Iran having backed a militia group, killing some of our soldiers in Jordan, except all 84 or whatever the number is of our bombing strikes were in Iraq and Syria and that was to send a message to well, Iran. Syria is where the militants were operating out of the uh, ones that struck us in Jordan yes hmm that were backed by Iran yes right mm-hmm. so to get back at Iran we dropped a bunch of bombs on Syria and Iraq and I haven't so have they retaliated I haven't heard like a uh, confirmation that World War three has really kicked off yet anxiously waiting. I don't, I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think, I, I don't, I don't know that. Do you know, like, 
was there a day in the 40s where the American news media said we're officially in what we now call World War II? Or is that maybe what historians called it later? I think we had already called it the Great War, World War One. So right, I, I that was called the Great we, War until it was renamed after Japan bombed us. I think we knew what we were in. But what were we calling it, was, it? World War Two is my point. Probably. I mean, we were. It was rinse and repeat. It was the same thing as the first one. But like you just said, the first one was called the Great War originally. Hmm. It's an interesting question. Maybe we should look it, it up. But my point is, we haven't bombed Iran. We've bombed a nation that we overthrew 20 years ago and hand selected the current government of and basically turned into a failed state and that hand selected government came out five days ago and said the u.s is making it up iran didn't have anything to do with this alleged attack in jordan it's it's lies to give them an excuse to launch bombs and we're not down with this oh and then the um, Rear Admiral Kirby, who's one of the, uh, see the NSA. He he does Jean Pierre's job half the time because Jean Pierre is so bad at her job, right? Anytime they need somebody who actually can half-ass sound like he's got control of the situation, they send in John Kirby to do the White House press conferences, especially when it comes down to killing people. That's his beat. They were asking him. Did we kill any civilians? And he was like, uh, it doesn't look like it, but we're waiting for confirmation of that. Okay, cool. Not sure. How could you not if you just dropped 80-something bombs? Did we kill any... Yeah. Did we kill any leadership of these alleged uh, militia terrorist cells? Uh, yeah, we're not sure yet, but we, we definitely feel like these were good strikes um, and we did some serious damage to their operational capacities. Don't know who we killed. Um, good guys, bad guys, indifferent guys. Can't tell you. Here's my question. Um, but we feel really good about what we did. So is, Iran, we'll do it making, is Iran saying that we're making it up, that they were involved, or are they saying we didn't really drop bombs? Because I wouldn't be surprised if we really didn't drop any bombs. We just said, oh, we retaliated so everyone can feel better about the three soldiers. No, I think so. we dropped the bombs. Okay. I, I haven't heard where they're... Well, yeah, Iraq you is saying... Bombs, you gotta, you got to drop Iraq, the bombs. Right? Iraq is pissed because... We dropped what I would imagine was 40 or 50 bombs on their country for something that they're going, what the F did we do? <laughs> you, already, you already turned our whole freaking nation into a, uh, you know, a crime-infested, war-infested wasteland. Uh, so now you're bombing us again you. and you're blaming it on Iran. Obviously, the entire Iraq war, and go back to the Gulf War, was all about oil, right? So, would you be willing to send American lives over there to, to potentially be lost when Saddam Hussein started using mustard gas on the Kurds? Sounds that's like a, a tragedy. Humanity. Sounds huh? like a tragedy. Not my problem. Okay. That's where I'm at, dude. Yeah. Like, get, I'm, I'm Ron, Ron Paul, OG, Ron Paul all the way. How about we bring all of our foreign deployed military home and secure the United States of America? I'm with you, brother. Yeah. Uh, but here's... Just, uh, to, just, uh, just to your point, look at this damn bill, right? The bill that... <laughs> we haven't even really touched on that, the, the bait and switch that the Senate Republicans pulled. So let's, let's use this as a segue. I hope the House sticks to their guns and just doesn't 
Oh, the whole thing is dead already. No, it's dead. Hold on. So the bill, the details finally got released in the last week. This grand scheme that was going to solve everything, right? And as we talked about, it was going to expand foreign surveillance. It was going to allow 8,500 illegals a day to come into this country. Uh, it was going to give amnesty to those who had already done so, right? $60 billion in that bill. It was a $100 billion spending package. $60 billion, 120 I think, was going to go to Ukraine war support, which remind me what that has to do with the American border, because mm-hmm. I'm confused. $40 billion was going to go to supporting Israel, or maybe it was 30 to Israel and 10 billion was going to go to Gaza, the Palestinians, which is adorable. Well, let's fund both sides of it, Chisholm. Right. Let's obviously we're going to get into war. Let's make sure we're, we've got our fingers in both sides right. of the conflict. And then 20 billion of the 120 billion was going to go to what they were calling border security. But it was a border security bill. So sounds again like a deep state military industrial complex boondoggle. So the Republicans in the Senate were pushing this thing for weeks. Uh, Lindsey Graham was all about it because 60 billion for bombs, hundred billion for bombs. He's always down with that. Um, I think it was Monday. They were getting ready to bring it to a vote and Mitch McConnell, who's the speaker, who's the Senate minority leader and who's been the Republican, the highest ranking Republican in the Senate for a long time now. He spoke up and said, hey, Republicans, y'all all vote to pass this and let's send it to the House where we already know they've already said they don't have the votes. And then the details came out and the backlash from not only conservatives, but even some Democrats in just like, you know, humans, not in Congress, was so bad that three hours after he recommended that his his senators vote for it, he actually turned around and said, never mind, don't vote for this. So it's not even going to make it out of the Senate anymore because there's zero votes for it uh, on the Republican side now. So they made this big old deal. Okay, so why did they get their heads out of their asses? What made them do that? Dude, just like the Mayorkas thing, just like this thing, just like making the crisis, uh, uh, the immigration crisis in New York and Chicago a Texas thing instead of a federal government thing, I think it's because the Republicans are either completely inept, useless, and ballless, or they're like deliberately self-destructive. The, the, the what other explanation? Would, the is latter there? would not make sense to me. Like, what we wouldn't try to destroy your own party. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, so it has to be the former. Are, are you? But but how did they you, get this far? And they're like, what? yeah, yeah, this is a good good idea. This is great. Let's do this. Wait, wait, and wait, at wait, the wait. you know eleventh hour, they're like, wait a second. Wait. What about well, is it because anything, the court of public opinion swayed their mind? What about anything that you have seen out of the people who call themselves Republicans at the national level leads you to believe that they have executed sound strategy in the last like fifteen years on anything? Well, tell me, it, tell me one thing inept. they seem to have their shit together on. Mm, much like when Bill Maher was asked about Newsom, I'm like, uh... right. So you're saying you prefer On state to levels, assume... state levels, the government's... Do, I mean, like, hey, in this state, it's now illegal for boys to uh, compete with by, uh, girls in sports. I mean, we're making... Hey, uh, Texas recently said on the university level, we're not 
you're not going to be teaching DEI. So, I mean, on a state level, I think they can make a major difference. On a national level, no. Because on a national level, you know what the first thing that they should have done is say, you know what, we're going to pass a bill nationwide that says you have to compete in the sport that agrees with your biological birth. Your sex. Gender is a made-up word, right? Your sex. There's two sexes. Gender is a modern social construct. You remember when remember when Matt Gates took out Kevin McCarthy late last summer? Mm-hmm. Right? Him and five other Republicans and basically all of the Democrats joined together to take out the Speaker of the House because they didn't like his rhino ways. Right? Yeah. And that gave the media left the opportunity to say, look, see, we keep telling you the Republicans are so inept and so disheveled and such a mess that they can't even back. You know, Nancy Pelosi governs the House in lockstep. She doesn't ever lose a vote. Um, and if she does to say the the um, what do we call the radical progressives, the the squad, um, yeah. she she basically bitches bitch slaps them into compliance. Um. So we look like chaos on the Mayorkas thing. We look like chaos on the border thing. We look like chaos on Trump's MAGA agenda. We look like chaos on the trans thing. We look like chaos on, you know, war funding, da 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 So Matt Gates, who, who was the architect of the chaos of the speakership, said in an interview this weekend that he wishes that Kevin McCarthy was still in the House after his fellow Republicans failed to pass articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Marcus. He told The Balance host Eric Bowling that it would have been, quote, been nice to have McCarthy's vote while watching a handful of Republicans go against the rest of their party after months of seeking to impeach the DHS secretary. Um, hmm. I was also I also wonder, wouldn't it have been nice to still have McCarthy in the House of Representatives gates to Bowling? You never thought you'd hear me say that. So he destroyed McCarthy. Yeah, and now he's saying, "Oh, damn, we probably could have used him in this whole house impeachment thing because he was sort of down with all that." Uh, anyway, he would have been a reliable vote for impeachment, but if he wasn't speaker, he wasn't willing to stick around. Well, bye. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want me to say? Like that's uh. I, I didn't like McCarthy anyway. I'm glad he's gone. I don't either, but I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm not convinced that it's just ineptitude, man. I think that you ever heard that saying? It's a lot easier to be the voice of the dissent of dissent than to govern when it comes to Congress. Yeah, I think that the I think that the the Republican establishment, the uniparty side of the Republicans, would much rather just bitch and be inept and and, and impotent and incapable of doing anything. That's admitting then, defeat, though, which is wholly unacceptable. Dude, you're speaking as though they're trying to do something for the American people, but five minutes ago you admitted they don't give a damn about us. They don't. All they care about is patting their own, their you know, their own feathering their own nest, right? So, yeah. If getting reelected is all that matters, and making hard decisions and standing up for the American people means that you get attacked, and again, maybe your dirty laundry gets aired for the whole world. 
maybe the best way to make sure you stay in power in quote unquote power, which just means get to keep getting richer is to just be agents of chaos and stay in the minority for the most part, fumbling around and never getting anything done, but bitching about things until push comes to shove and you have to put a vote to it. That's spineless. It's what it looks like, dude. Anyway. Yeah. Spineless. They, they're all spineless. Um, but let's get back to, uh, oh, let's get back to Biden's dementia. So, <laughs> oh, oh, before I do that, though. So I played that clip of him saying, you know, the only reason the border is not secure is because of Trump and MAGA Republicans. Again, not a fan of every Republican being lumped into this MAGA hat, right? But that's their, you know, that's their rallying cry these days. Would you like to guess the number, the total number of illegals that have crossed the border under Biden? And I'll tell you, in 2020, Trump's last year, it was estimated 400,000. Okay. What do you think it's been the last three years? I don't know. Tell me. 1.7 million in 2021, 2.4 million in 2022, 2.5 million in 2023. And we're on set to smash those into oblivion in 2024. That's like over 6 million. That's bigger than the population of half the states in the country. Like Oklahoma. That's the one, that's the one that they caught and let go. The ones right. they caught and let go. Yes. The state of Oklahoma has, they don't even have 4 million people in it. And they're the 28th most populous state in the country at under 4 million people. Again, the and ones they let, caught, they caught and released. We have released 6 million into the United States. And we don't right. even know who they are, a lot of them. Well, there's no way we're not tracking it. It's like, oh, hey, yeah. But a lot of them don't even have identification on purpose. Like, <laughs> what a threat to security that is. People don't even understand. But it is what it is. Let's talk about Biden's mental health uh, because he had some some serious gaffes here over the past week. So he, how we got off on this side of uh, things is I said, he was visiting with one of the parents. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, he was visiting with one of the parents of the soldiers, the army soldier that was killed in the Jordan airstrike. My son spent a year in Iraq until I lost him. And uh, I, uh, you know, 1%, 1% of all these kids are the ones that uh, take care of 99% of us. So he's on the phone with the parents of one of the fallen soldiers. And did you hear what he said? I couldn't make it out through her crying. Something about 99%. I don't know. No, no. Here, I'll do it one more time. But it's the beginning is the only thing that matters anyway. Listen to what he says initially. My son spent a year in Iraq until I lost him. My son spent a year in Iraq until I lost him. His son, Bo, served in Iraq in 2008. He died of a brain tumor in 2015. Right. But, hey, he was in Iraq until I lost him. One of his most <laughs> consistent lies. This is one of those that I, I, I actually think he believes. This right, That one right there. I think he's so, his brain is so damaged. And he's told it so many times. I genuinely think he thinks that his son died because of his tour, his service in Iraq. Also this week, he's speaking at a campaign rally in uh, Nevada. 
And he misses, uh, he, mix, he mixes some things up historically. He doesn't even know who he's talking about. Here we go. Right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? And I looked at him and the, and the Chancellor of Germany said, what would you say, Mr. President, if you picked up the paper tomorrow in the London Times, and the London Times said, thousand people break through the House of Commons, break down the doors, two bobbies are killed in order to stop the election of the Prime Minister. What would you say? I never thought about it from that perspective. What would we say if that happened in another democracy around the world? So two things there. Number one, Mitterrand has been dead for a long time. He was referring to Macron. Macron. Right. Mitterrand was, I think, the president of France in the 70s. Uh, late, uh, I think it was 80s and 90s. But anyway, he's dead. Joe might have met him, but it would have been when he was... Uh, well, you could bet he did because he's been in... You know, he was a senator since, what, the 60s. So, yeah, you, yeah. you probably met. And the second thing is when he's talking about... And who knows if that German guy even said anything about someone breaking or a thousand people breaking into the house of commons to overthrow they the government. No, they didn't. Of course they didn't. So he's no here. Way. He is basically what I, how I interpreted that was these MAGA Republicans. Look, look what they could do. You know, I mean, that, that's all that was. Right. He also lied about, you know, in his little, in his little allegation of what the German chancellor was alleging or that there was this notion that two bobbies, which are cops died. British word for cops, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in this theoretical invasion of the House of Commons, which, which, as we all know, there were no cops that died during the Jan 6. Mm-hmm. We'll, I think we can call it a partial riot. Um, some of them died of heart attacks after the fact. For the most part. It, it wonder, was, you know what? It was a mostly peaceful protest. They actually, that is the correct term for that. Absolutely. But people weren't burning S to the right. ground. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mostly i'm glad that they made that term up because now we can use that to describe jan 6 because that's what it actually was right uh so here's kjp's reaction to his gaffe and it's always Ducey that uh brings these to the forefront Ducey's a clown dude yeah well he's our clown i like him i just wish I that he like had him. like why don't they send kayla McEnany to do that job like he always has the one good question, and then his follow-ups are so impotent; it's pathetic. Do you agree? I, well, here, he doesn't know how he, to pin. He never he pins her down. Well, she doesn't let him. She just said deflects and says, "We're here." Here's a perfect example. right. I know, but that, my point is like, so stand up and has some. Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, sir. We're going to go. Go ahead. Go ahead. You saw the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Michigan. I'll just leave it there. So how does he, I mean, he do
she doesn't even entertain it. Not the best example, but there are plenty of others where he asks a question and it's a decent premise to start with. And then he gets off on an actual rabbit hole where it's like, dude, stick to your guns on the question. But anyway, I can't remember one off the top of my head necessarily. But she's not going down that rabbit hole. You've seen him. He looks great. He's been uh, in these uh, California and Las Vegas. and Yeah. Which pair of earlobes did he have in all those places? That's what I want to know. Yeah. He's doing fine, guys. Don't worry about him. The president is A-OK. Mentally you have, sharp. You have the earlobes that were detached or the ones that were attached in each of those yeah. stops. Um, let's talk a little bit about race relations. Great. And this one is alarming to me as someone who has frequented South Africa six times and have I have trips seven, eight, and nine on the calendars for the next three summers. And we know that... Uh, Julius Malima is not a good dude. First and foremost, he is the uh, economic freedom party leader in South Africa. And this was old Julius talking about killing the white people. He's scared to kill a revolution. Demand that at some point there must be killing because the killing is part of a revolutionary act. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I'm saying to you, we've not called for the killing of white people, at least for now. I can't yes. guarantee the future. Yeah, but I mean, you'd understand somebody watching that, especially as it gets shared on Twitter, they freak out. Ah, it sounds like a genocidal ah, thing. Ah, cry babies. Cry babies. I'm not calling for the slaughter of white people, at least for now. I, I, I can't give you a guarantee of the future. Especially when things are going the way they are. Subtext. Especially things, if things are going the way they are, there will be a revolution in this country, I can tell you now. We are not calling for the slaughter of white people, at least for now. That means... At least for now. At some future date, we may call for the slaughter of white people. Is that correct? Let's deal with that at that future date. I don't know what's going to happen. So you're saying you are not ruling out that in the future... You may very well call for the slaughter of white people. It may not be me. Could it be you? It could be me, yes, but it may not be me. Yes, so it could be you. You could, at some future date, call for the slaughter of white people. There you go. I think he's got his mind made up. It's just a matter of when. Uh, it didn't sound like he was it i'd have more respect for the guy if he just had the balls to call a spade a spade and tell us what he was actually what he was trying not to say by saying it and all that yeah no i think he did he said not yet i'll tell you when it's time right. to kill the whitey joy reed won't be uh, far behind do what so joy reed won't be far behind oh, of course not and then we have a uh, democrat congresswoman ayana presley saying that uh, this is racist. Yet another pharmacy in the Massachusetts 7th. This closure is a part of a larger trend of abandoning low-income communities. These closures are not arbitrary and they are not innocent. They are life-threatening acts of racial and economic discrimination. That is why I joined with Senator Markey and Warren to demand answers from Walgreens CEO. Why was there no community input, no adequate notice to customers, and no transition resources to prevent gaps in health care? Shame on you. Walgreens having a website with 
talking points about health equity and underserved communities is not enough. Walgreens is a multi-billion dollar corporation that needs to put their money where their mouth is and stop divesting from black and brown communities. Well, if you stop stealing their shit, they might not close their stores. It's so interesting to be at the the at, at the top of the pendulum swing, right? This is like how MJ when he would, you know, jump for uh you know, a 20-foot jumper or even when he would go up for a dunk and it just looked like he could hang in the air for like a long time, right? Yeah. There's that moment anytime something goes up where it freezes for a fraction of a second. But in this context, it's I don't know how long it's going to take years. It seems where the the woke DEI social justice Marxist cultural revolutionary moment has hit its apex, and the ceiling that it hit is reality and people who are sick of it and their slurs not working anymore. And, you know, Hey, defunding the police and making $900 crime legal and da, 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 da. We don't really dig all that, but they're not ready to let it go yet. So we're stuck right now. It seems mm. where the pendulum can't go any further, but until the psychos decide to relent a little bit, it's not ready to start swinging back. That's where I feel. I feel like we're just stuck in midair. But <laughs> that's that's the best I've got, right? That's a yeah. good alliteration of it. The, the point mean, being, it's interesting. She points out that their website, Walgreens website, talks about this idea of health equity. Remember, health equity, even here in Texas, apparently meant in 2020, 21, 22, that um, vaccines for the COVID virus were being rationed based on your color of your skin. That story was real, right? Did we ever figure out that that was fake? Uh, I don't think that that was actually true. It wasn't. They weren't turning away white people at the hospital no. saying that you'll be fine because you're white or something? That was all fake? Uh, pretty sure that did not happen in Texas. I should try to confirm that. I think that it did. I don't think um, so. But anyway, the idea of health equity, of, 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 of racial health equity, the idea of racial environmental equity is all about like somehow black and brown communities as she describes them don't get health care i had a friend who wanted to apply to a, a um i think it was an mba program but she works in like healthcare administration so she's a consultant that like helps hospitals with like big data and stuff like that right and like regulatory policy management and stuff so she was going to apply to an mba and she had to provide which all colleges and especially grad schools are requiring now a diversity statement, right? A, a DEI statement. Explain to us how you're going to uphold <laughs> DEI. And she knew the game well enough that her statement talked about the importance of the healthcare industry servicing these quote unquote underprivileged communities because apparently only white people get good drugs and good doctors, I guess. <clears throat> so on one hand, Walgreens is out there playing the ESG DEI game of we're all for racial justice in drugs, but we don't want our stores, to your point, being robbed. And a lot of that happens in underprivileged well, yes, parts of the country. Because we're still we're still a company. We're we're, this we're is still a, a business. But that's my company. point, right? Is that's my point, yeah, right? We still care about our you, bottom line. 
DEI, which is better called DIE, diversity, inclusion, and equity, which then of course spells out yeah. die. DEI is dying, right? Wall Street has turned away from ESG, which the S part is DEI. They've turned away from it. They said, okay, this doesn't make us money. Companies have dropped the word equity, and now they just speak of diversity and inclusion. But even that, they're now having to, in the Claudine Gay era, real acknowledge and realize, oh, we're not going to promote people. Well, you saw what happened with Cuban, right? Your boy Cuban? We got bitch slapped yeah. by the EEOC commissioner the other day because yeah. he admitted in a public forum on X that he will use race and gender as a tiebreaker when he's hiring somebody. And one of the commissioners for the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission fired off a response to that saying, hey, dude, that's illegal. You're not even allowed to use it as a single contributing factor. These protected classes cannot be considered in hiring. I hope to God somebody who got you know, denied a job there or let go. I hope somebody comes out of the woodworks to sue that son of a bitch. But my point is, on one hand, you got Walgreens promoting that they're into this fanciful notion of healthcare equity. But to her point, they're, they're pulling out of the communities where maybe they need a Walgreens to be able to get prescription medications. So you have the ideology. Yeah, you can't go in there and steal. I mean, that's why they're closed. That's Dude, why everything's locked up. They're the, stealing the point stuff is, the point they, is these Marxist ideas, the police. these Marxist ideas are bad for business. And yet business embraced them for the last five years. Right. Now and now they're, they're realizing this is costing us money. This is creating lawsuits. We're getting audited by, you know, under civil rights act uh, claims, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We drank the Kool-Aid and it. Uh, we need to get back so to good old merit based. Show me what you've done for me lately. Capitalism. But we haven't quite gotten to the point where we can call a spade a spade and admit that, you know, DEI means hiring plagiarists to be presidents of the greatest universities in the world. Oh, and by the way, did you see where the DEI dean, the dean of diversity, equity, and inclusion at Harvard, about two weeks ago, her own allegation, allegations of her plagiarism arose, much Doctor. like Claudine Gay, and I don't remember this lady's name. She has very scant, very minimal publications, which normally cool. would be, you'd have yeah. to have like 50 published articles to become a dean at Harvard. So she, she doesn't have that. And then the ones that she does have are highly plagiarized, as bad or worse than Claudine Gay. Guess who pushed for the hiring of Claudine Gay under the auspices of diversity, equity, and inclusion? That lady. Right. Of course. <laughs> so this is what I'm saying is like now American business is in no man's land at the apex of the pendulum swing of we're not down with this anymore because it's costing us money, but we're not, we don't have the balls yet to come flat out and say, we're not doing this anymore, but we'll move our stores because we don't like getting stolen from. Did you hear where governor Newsom spoke of this the other day? No, he was on some show and let himself be recorded saying that he had recently went to a target, which first of all, you think Gavin Newsom shopping at Target? I don't think he's been in a Target in a decade. Let's pretend that he is, because <clears throat> he said he was. And especially given what he Maybe said, it's very funny. He said he watched somebody walk out of the store with a oh, bag of stuff that they this. hadn't paid for, a cart, a cart full of stuff that they hadn't paid for. Yeah. And he claims that he asked the cash register, um, 
you know, the lady at the cash register, the man at the cash register, well, well, what's what's going on? Why isn't anybody stopping this person? They're stealing a bunch of stuff. And the person at the register said, yeah, the governor won't let us. And he said he was, <laughs> I think he said he was, was that the one where he said he was gobsmacked, dumbfounded yeah. something? But his point was, first and foremost, he found it shocking that blatant stealing was being allowed. But apparently his actual point was, there's a misconception in my state that that's my fault. And it's like, it is your fault. You're the governor, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it remember who, fault. how the, I don't remember how the, I don't remember how, what mechanism they used to decriminalize theft under $900. I don't think it was a law that got passed by Congress and signed by Newsom. I don't remember, I don't remember who said this is what we're going to do, but it's the reality. We all know that it's the reality that now you can get away with stealing anything under total value of nine hundred dollars yeah and it's on his watch so whether Which he ever signed Walgreens that or not in california and massachusetts are closing their doors like he acted shocked by it and then tried to pass the buck like it wasn't his fault and there's this crazy he was basically trying to say like all these bad things that are happening everybody wants to blame me i didn't do that uh, yeah okay. the buck stops at the freaking governor's mansion homie yeah here's a man on the street clip and this will just this will show you when you hire someone like Claudine Gay, and go back historically, go back to the, I mean, woke ideology has been infiltrating the university system for a long time. Uh, but this is where we're at in 2024. And I wish I knew what university this was. Um, but this is just the man on the, it's called Man on the Street on Instagram. This dude just goes around asking people questions. Why do you think it's harder for black Americans to obtain voter ID? Well, it's really, it's a class issue. You're asking a white guy. Racism. It's uh, usually people of color, so black Americans uh, who are at the bottom of the socioeconomic classes, which means that they will have the most trouble like having to pay to go get voter ID law or voter IDs. You motherfuckers racist as hell. Why the fuck wouldn't black people have that? What's the difference between, between us and you? And that's the response he got from the black guy he asked. <laughs> Black people are not inept. They can get IDs. The whole the whole thing about uh, voter access restrictions is one of the biggest shams in American politics. Well, and the, you, and, but, but, but the people, here's the thing. The public, that's one that I think the public actually, that, that, that idiot, that white guy right there who's probably 19 years old actually thinks black people can't go get IDs because he's been fed that BS since the time he was 12 or 13 in school. Because of DEI. Right. Yeah. And the black guy's yeah. like, y'all are racist, man. White liberals have what is called a white savior complex, even though simultaneously they're told that having a white savior complex is proof of their systemic racism. Right. Sort that out. But, I mean, who, this thing is kind of dead, right? Like, don't you remember when Stacey Abrams was fighting like hell to, while still claiming she won the Georgia election, by the way, which she still claims, yeah. she's fighting like hell in Georgia against their voter idea laws. And then when all the black folks in Georgia were like, why don't you shut the F up? You're racist and we don't mind having an ID because guess what? We don't really want illegals, in, you know, or other folks who, for whatever reason, don't have the wherewithal to get an ID to vote. And she was like, oh, wait, never mind. We're good. And she shut up about it. <laughs> And the White House shut up about it. And the whole country shut up about it. That was like a, that was like a, what, six week? What, maybe not even six weeks. It was like a one month furor after the 2020 election. And then it didn't poll well. No, 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 no. Right? You're going to hear about it in 2024. You're going to hear 
the left campaigning on voter suppression. I guarantee you. Those are going to campaign on voter suppression, but watch and see whether they bang the drums on the notion, the fallacy that black people can't get IDs. They're, this is, you know, this is the fine line that they have to walk when they, they float certain things out. You know, it's not that different than when these Democrats like Pelosi and somebody else the other day who I forgot are like, yeah, we need all these illegals to pick our grocery, pick our vegetables, <laughs> and clean the houses. Right. You so I'll uh, the meme of the week is actually a video, and it looks like the dude. It looks like uh, what's the guy from Family Guy? The head, the Peter. It looks like Peter Griffin, yeah. and it's a Mexican. And it's a cartoon, and there's like this one little piece of wooden fence, and there's Peter Griffin holding his shotgun, and the Mexican comes around one side, and he goes, "You want me to come across this side?" And he goes, "No, no, 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 no." And then he goes around to the other side. And he goes, you want me to come across this side? And he's pointing the gun at me. He's like, no, 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 no. He goes, how about that come over top? And he climbs over the top. He goes, no, 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 no. And he goes, you need help building more fence? He goes, come on in. <laughs> funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one more clip. <laughs> this is the type of stuff where people should just be tarred and feathered on the spot for saying this because there's no legitimacy to it whatsoever uh this is an actual congressman representative robert garza of california and here's his picture uh that he paints of trump and MAGA republicans i will not yield i want to remind the public that donald trump and house republicans also have their own ideas for the border so let's review the majority's border ideas that they've actually presented here they are Donald Trump actually has said that he wants to build alligator moats along the border. That's one of his incredible ideas. Another idea that Donald Trump has promoted is he actually wants to electrify the border fence and maybe even put some spikes on the border. That's another Donald Trump and MAGA majority border idea. Another idea, which I'm not sure how, how well it would go, is he wants to actually bomb northern Mexico with missiles. That's another Trump idea. And finally, I think one of the ones that I think um, is the most grotesque is suggestions that instead we should maybe just shoot migrants in the legs as they cross the border. So once again, the Donald Trump and MAGA plan is alligator moats, bombing northern Mexico, shooting migrants in the legs, and electrifying the fence and putting spikes on them. That is the Donald Trump border plan. That's news to me. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt for one second if he threw some of that nonsense out. If he if he said electrify the fence, like I wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. But shoot him in the leg, build alligator moats, and bomb northern Mexico. I think that he's talked about attacking Mexico uh, for the you know cartel drug stuff. Pretty sure he's talked about that. I know. Okay, Dan well, Crenshaw then that guy just spun it Dan... into border. Like we we need to attack them to keep them from immigrating, dude. Why are you expecting anything like consistency, honesty, or fairness from anybody in politics, but especially from the left? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Well, I just found it. I mean, I you found it funny. Like, I, I, I would, I don't know that anyone would be like, yeah, shoot, shoot him. Well, the funny thing is he didn't talk about any of the things that Trump did in his four-year administration that actually helped, like the remaining illegal policy and, right. And, Yeah. You know, ramping up actual border enforcement and deportations and da da da, da and 
Um, you know, he just talked about the crazy stuff. Which oh, is no, like, hey, I, dude, Trump, Trump, Trump's that. an idea all I guy. Is that he? He's an idea guy. He just throws I mean, stuff all, at the wall. All I remember is that sticks. Trump uh, puts kids in cages on the border, right? Right. right. But the photographs That's of the kids in I cages are actually from the Obama administration. But don't worry about that. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The little girl crying that was uh, on Time Magazine, and then it turned out that was from like 2011. <laughs> I don't have anything else uh, other than... Well, do you have anything? I got one quickie, and it's mostly a call out to a dear friend and listener. I'm not going to name, but he knows I'm talking to him right now. Um, we've spoken in the last couple of episodes about being sick and tired of the Taylor Swift op, which oh God. L- Lamar Jackson failed us, by the way. Right. To be clear, the Taylor Swift op, meaning psyop, it what it is is what the media is making it out to be. They're using Taylor Swift right now to brand anybody who's sick of watching Taylor Swift and knows that she's just a leftist shill as crazy conspiracy theorists. They're ma- the left is making a thing out of Taylor Swift, claiming that the right is calling her a psyop as a psyop. You follow me? Yes, like the psyop yes, is claiming that the right is obsessed with the psyop. Although yeah, I've seen I've seen CNN anchors talking about it. Right. But have you seen the video of the lady from the CIA talking about how they could recruit someone like Taylor Swift to be a um, basically a CIA asset and to use them for their propaganda? They did. She we're living in it. Uh, Whether they actually have in her case or not, they admitted and specifically used her as an example. That's a video that's out there at from CIA headquarters from a lecture this lady was giving about using entertainers for propaganda purposes but do you think that she really deserved the grammy because she got i don't know if she won more than one but i don't even care got, she got some grammys and but, announced that she's got a new <laughs> album coming out at the same time literally took the of course it's a whole thing is all connected oh and by the way here i am dating mr pfizer who is getting paid 17 million dollars to schlep the vaccine that doesn't work and oh Maybe the NFL, and now I believe maybe the NFL is fixed too, which I never would have uh, like admitted to because <laughs> if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, I'm, I mean, I was like, uh, I don't know. So, so my friend, his initial take was that we were full of it for even acknowledging the possibility that that game was rigged because we clearly didn't watch it, which I would bet $100 you did, right? Which game? The Baltimore-Kansas Baltimore? City game. Oh, there was some very bad officiating in that game. Yeah. You watched it. It, it, it definitely swayed. Right. So my my buddy my buddy is a my buddy is a Texas Tech grad, and so he's a huge Mahomes guy, and therefore a Kansas City guy. So his take was, y'all didn't even watch the game. There was like one bad penalty, um, and I don't remember which one he pointed to. Yeah, well, you know. the refs. But he, he, he said Jackson there was only like one bad call in the whole game. I mean, and I was like, first of all. Played. First of all, Cable, I, I get, I bet, did watch it. Second of all, I saw three calls where a, where a Raven was tackled, one from like the 15-yard line on what could have been a score, tackled by a defensive back, and no call was made. So I saw at least three calls that were terrible. Now, But beyond that, I admit that. And then he goes, and by the way, I don't really care about the Taylor Swift thing, and y'all should just get over that too. And I said to him, Taylor Swift is a witch who's trying to brainwash our daughters into hating men 
uh, and you know, feminist propaganda, just fair warning. You've been warned. And he responded and said, the girl's like, oh, I know what he said. His daughter, he's got two girls. He was like, I don't really care about the Taylor Swift thing. And the girls like it when she's on the TV. And uh, that's when I said, fair warning, she's your kids are being propagandized by Taylor Swift and she's a witch and she's casting spells. So then we get into this long diatribe about how I shouldn't go around making silly allegations about casting spells that that's nonsense. And it's going to make me sound like a crazy person, I guess. And I go, I go, dude, the bottom line is I believe in God and I believe that the devil is real. And I believe that witches are trying to work dark magic. And I believe in the spiritual battle of good and evil. And if you want to call me crazy for that, you can go right ahead. And he goes, yeah, I believe all that too. I'm just saying like to call Taylor Swift a witch is, is ridiculous. And I was like, are you aware of the background of witchcraft in the music industry? You're aware of it, right? Mm, oh yeah. Cable? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite, I mean, Google it and you'll find plenty of articles about them casting demonic spells satanic spells over record uh, masters and all kinds of stuff right like it's i mean who's the the grammy winning uh douche that dresses up like satan Sam, yeah good Sam, call what's his name perfect example right was it the grammys uh, last year high. where they had where they actually had that tweet cbs tweeted out time to worship with devil horns yeah yeah it was the grammys last year right because the most recent ones were like last sunday anyway so then he said, and then I sent him a link to, there's a huge like association of global witches who do monthly spells trying Little to Nos. bind. Okay, L these are recent. Little Nos did his satanic video, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Those are the and... overt ones, dude. There's plenty of it that's like behind the scenes too, right? Yeah. Right, so the point is like they don't even hide it anymore. It's a very well-known thing that that they at least attempt to practice witchcraft, right? So I sent him this thing that I had heard about. So that there's Sam, here's Sam a BBC Smith article. The worst one. BBC Smith article. Each month, witches cast quote mass spell against Donald Trump. Thousands of followers of witchcraft say that they cast a spell to stop the U.S. president from causing harm. That was an article in the BBC in 2017. It's all over the place, right? Get the color all over together, the world, baby. We got we got to cast some spells here against Trump. So his response to that was. Just because some idiots say that they're casting spells doesn't mean there's anything to it. And I was like, you know what, dude? Reasonable minds can differ whether there's any power there. But I believe in dark, you know, in the dark side of the battle of good and evil. And all I know is that if somebody's claiming to be cast, attempting to cast spells, and they're appealing to Satan and demons and witchcraft to, to create a, some sort of power, they're not good people. They were trying to do good things in the world. Whether their dark magic works or not, that that they think it does, and that's worth noting, right? And his position was still sort of like, yeah, but why are you lumping Taylor Swift into this? And I was like, well, have you ever listened to her songs? Because she's got three of them where she talks about witchcraft and being burned at the stake. So, hey, bud, you know who you are. That's news to me. Look into the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, three of them. I have an article. I haven't sent it to him yet because he stopped talking so to me. So here's the question. Ghosted me on the text to Taylor Swift? Love you, brother. How do you know? Like, what if it comes on the radio? Like, they're, my daughters are like obsessed with them right now, and my wife doesn't do anything to aid in reversing that trend because I think she likes her too. But here's There's the no deal. doubt that Charlotte knows some Taylor Swift songs, but she and I have talked about this. My kids don't buy music, they don't store music. If it comes on the radio, it comes on the radio. But I've made it abundantly clear to them what that chick is all about. 
and they well, don't I'm starting to with me. But my, the the girls are only nine. So when dad starts saying, well, they said, who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? I said, anyone but this late, this girl that you're listening to on Spotify right now. And they go, why? And I said, well, because I don't like her. Why don't you like her, dad? Well, because she's working with the government to try to steal an election. That's how I left it. And then Aaron's like, okay. Uh, and I said, no, no, no. And her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, I said, he's a loser too, because he's, you know how you didn't get vaccinated when some other people were getting vaccinated for COVID? And they're like, yeah, I said, well, those shots don't work. And he's selling a lie to the, everyone, the American public, and he's getting paid $17 million to do it. And that's why I don't like him. And that's why I also don't like her because she's associated with him. Said, so, And then Aaron was like, okay, well, let's just stop talking about this to nine-year-olds. I was like, well, I mean, I'm their dad. I'm, I'm the one that's going to tell them the truth. So we're, I'm laying the oh, groundwork, think, but, 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 but I didn't realize Taylor Swift was so horrible until all of this has really come to light for me. Like, I thought she was just some loser lady who can't, you know, stay in a relationship and writes terrible music. That was my general feeling towards and about Taylor Swift. But now that she's front and center on Sunday on something that I actually care about and watch and consume, the NFL, well, it's kind of soiled that experience for me no, it doesn't kind of i don't want to see her stupid face on the tv i want to watch football and they're making it and the nfl is in on it too hell the nfl is trying to influence the election by putting her face on there non-stop they can't get enough t swift it's like we're getting new viewers and we're trying to influence the election the way that we want it to go and maybe we're fixing games too yeah, all that's definitely possible um and i don't want to create strife and turmoil in your house but i think you're right to at least make sure your daughters are aware that when they're singing along to songs that say this from the song I did something bad on the album Reputation quote I can feel the flames on my skin crimson red paint on my lips if a man talks shit then I owe him nothing I don't regret it one bit because he had it coming this lady who wrote this article explains that the lines allude to wanting to take revenge after being wronged by a man here the speaker also seeks power from her burning red body to do her bidding because he had it coming uh, as they sing it in Chicago. I'm particularly intrigued by the imagery of the flames on her skin, which prefigures her burning as a witch on the bridge. However, it also alludes to her innate magical powers as a witch figure who can create fire and use it against her protectors. These lines are also highly evocative of Sylvia Plath's poem, poem Witch Burning. Um, okay, but in your friend's defense, maybe maybe we are reading too much into those lyrics. Maybe she's just saying, I got burned from this relationship. The next, the next set of lines that she quotes from the song, they're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. They got their pitchforks and proof, their receipts and reasons. They're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. So light me up, light me up, light me up, light me up, light me up. Go ahead okay, this, and light me that up. That changes things a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I mean, she's singing about it. And then they got this picture of her from the, quote, heiress tour that she's been on, where all these people are holding her up above them, and they're lit up in red, and it looks like a, like she's being burned at the stake, like figuratively with these people. They're burning all the because witches, I'm even if you are one. Right? Like, dude, search. it's... Do you, do I'm going to send you this link. I'm going to send you this link. Hold on. Hold on. Do you think she was wearing a red dress when she accepted her Grammy? Oh, I would bet money. I don't, I, and I don't know the answer to it, uh, but we're going to look it up right now. 
Okay, well, while you're looking up that up, here's some more lines. You were. Yep. Here's some more lines from um, the album Folklore. And I think from the song, I did something bad, if I'm reading all this right. this These lines go, and women like hunting witches too, doing your dirtiest work for you. It's obvious that wanting me dead has really brought you two together. Every time you call me crazy, I get more crazy. What about that? Which I guess has something to do with mm. feuding with Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. No, I'm disappointed. West. She's wearing a white. She's wearing a white dress. Yeah, well, there's a reference in here to her kind of trying to play the cool white bitch, but she also points out that the song Willow well, she does has have on three a white dress, remixes. Red lipstick. In the song Willow, Willow has three remixes, each with their own music video. One is a dancing witch version. One is a lonely witch version, and one is a moonlit witch version. Um, there's plenty of there's plenty of witch mentioning, and then witchcraft imagery in her tour. So, homie, there's plenty of smoke to the fire. There's, yeah, plenty of smoke behind the fire. I'm claiming when it comes to her actual. I, I really music. struggle with the entertainment thing, like what you should consume and what you shouldn't, based off of someone's political beliefs, but. This takes a little further than that. But like, so like Aaron's favorite artist is Pink. She loves her. has seen her in concert m multiple times. But Pink is like super left-leaning, pro-abortion, all this other stuff. So I'm kind of like, yep. when I find these things out about people, their music never, I don't ever enjoy it as much as I did. And when so and so for my, for my, my real job, I play country music coming in and out of all the commercial breaks. When I find out someone like Ryan Bingham, for example, is somewhat anti-Second Amendment, then I have to really wrestle internal, internally with whether or not I want to continue to play their music. But what usually happens is I have some of their songs in like the, my catalog that I enjoy, and then I just stop paying attention to anything new they've put out. And I, I don't know, I don't take the same pleasure in it because I always have that in the back of my mind. Well, this douche doesn't like guns. And I end up not listening yeah. to it as much. Um, dude, you are what you... What is the line from the Bible? We talked about it at church on Sunday, but... Um, basically, you, you, you are what you covet, right? You, you are what you look to. It talks about the, you know, the eyes being sort of the window to the soul, right? And healthy eyes, healthy, clear eyes wish I had the scripture available, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, but I don't know where, I don't know the, which, the, you know, book chapter. You're <clears throat> it was all from Matthew, but I can come back to that. Cause I actually do have the quotes I wanted to reference here in the old Testament. Um, I want to say in Ezekiel, I didn't actually keep the citation, but this is a direct quote. Satan is described in scripture as, quote, quote, adorned with every precious jewel imaginal, imaginable and as the model of perfection, perfect in beauty, right? Well, that sums up the Taylor Swift picture I'm looking at here of her winning the Grammy. And, and every other pop star, right? And every rock star, right? Like they adorn themselves in sequins and in jewels and, you know, makeup. And they, they literally make themselves dazzle on stage, right? And what did Satan, what was Satan's, crime what was his great sin that caused him to fall he wanted to be worshipped he wanted the lord's worship mm -hmm. right 
So when a musician is standing on stage adorned in every precious jewel imaginable and presenting themselves as the model of perfection, perfect and beauty, and they're standing on a stage in front of 10,000 or 100,000 people who are chanting their names and freaking out in ecstasy over their music, aren't they being worshipped? And when you were asked to worship God, doesn't that mean to sing sure. praises to him? But instead, these people are singing praises to these people who want to be worshipped like gods. Right? I mean, the very act of the whole concept is satanic on a certain level. I wonder how Mickey feels about this. I have a feeling he's going to agree with everything I just said. I would, I'll ask him. Well, here, but here's why I would ask because when his daughter comes over, and she was here yesterday, uh, but she sings all the words right along with Frankie and Stella, like all three sure. of them were singing when they know all the words. So maybe Mickey and I need to have a conversation about. Uh, and I'm going to blame our wives. I mean, they're the ones who are probably <laughs> easy with casual that. Taylor Swift fans, right? It comes on the radio, they turn it up. Yeah, I think we're gonna put a stop to that those shenanigans in this house. I mean, at a bare minimum, dude, you, it's worth having a frank conversation about what do you think these words mean, right? Like, but I, okay. you're not going to keep them from hearing it, right? But, I mean, how many well, times did you mindlessly sing along? I guess if they're, if they're list, consuming it, is that when the age that it's appropriate? Like, obviously, that nine-year-olds don't know about sex or it really even relationships or witchcraft. Well, maybe that's the time to. No, certainly not about sex. Is that's, but I don't know. Here's the passage I was talking about. Matthew this is my 6. first time parenting, <laughs> dude. It's not easy. It's We're not learning easy. on the fly. Let me let me throw this passage out, and then we. You can could have that conversation with your two oldest, though. Would you have it with your two youngest? You're so you've got nine year old daughters, and that's definitely an age where that's a tricky conversation. Yeah. The ones that I have had it with are my 15 and 13 year olds. And they're on a level of maturity that frankly might surpass mine in some ways. Mm. Um, and yet sometimes they roll their eyes. <laughs> Riley told me one time, dad, not everything is a conspiracy. <laughs> but then whatever we were talking about, she got shown unequivocally that it was a conspiracy and she had to sheepishly acknowledge, right? Maybe a lot of things are. Um, the passage I was talking about, about the eyes and all that is Matthew 6, 22 through 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness, right? Well, what is your eye looking at? Right? That's a, at least one of the points of that passage. What are you mm -hmm. looking at and filling your eyes with, right? Are you looking up to God and filling them with light and then shining the light back out? Are you looking at the darkness of a pop star on stage singing about being burned as a witch and hating men and taking revenge on them or in the more extreme cases of the, you know, Beyonce's and uh, Megan, the stallions about like wet ass pee. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, what was the other one that I was talking about? Uh, yeah, eyes of the windows to the soul. Uh, treasures in heaven that was the other one treasures the other passage we were talking about do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven whether they're yeah 
where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. We were talking about those two verses in conjunction together on Sunday's sermon, right? And mostly we were talking about financial type stuff. But also, it's they're both re relevant to this idea of what are you putting your attention to, right? If your, if your favorite music is coming from a person that, a, that, that is a rabid pro-abortion activist, and, you know, Pink's lyrics are just as bad as what we just read of Taylor Swift's, if not worse, right? Is that sort of like I, a I version of which witchcraft stuff in there? But oh, I would, I would say Google it, and I, I bet you'll find. I don't know for sure, but I trust me, I've heard most of her songs. But but I don't ever. To me, it's just a catchy thing that's on in the background. Um, I don't know all the the lyrics. Nor do I care yeah, no. But have you ever had a song where you did know the weird lyrics and you found yourself singing along to them and then one day you woke up and realized what you were singing and you were like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. To your point about country music, man. I'm, I, in the last few years, since I really, when I listen to music, I'm usually listening to worship music and I think a lot about God a lot more than ever in my life. Mm -hmm. There's old country jams that I used to just love that'll come on that would be universally loved by people like us and i listen to the words and i'm like oh this is a terrible message yeah terrible right outlaw country dude i mean it's... conway twitty has songs where you're like what are you talking about bro why are you singing about this you know yeah i was just thinking about one who's the guy's name i loved him everyone Basically, he's just talking about all the girls he runs through. Big, little, short, or tall. Bingo. Fat, yep. skinny, whatever, small. Yeah. <laughs> right. Great message. I loved him, everyone. A little T.G. Shepard. I'll probably end the show with that one. Um, I guess it's better than... I, I have one other one other thing. One other thing, and then we'll get out of here. Steak. So, I uh, was... While you were in church, I was on a, sitting on an, uh, a runway on an American Airlines flight. You've done a lot of traveling for work, not as much as you used to. True. What is the longest you've ever sat on a runway? Where, oh, dude. Like, what's the long? Because you hear these horror stories of like, oh, the bathrooms are overflowing because we had to sit on the plane for eight hours. You know, they wouldn't let us off the plane, yada, yada, yada. I had a pretty, it didn't get to that point. It didn't even get close. But we sat on the runway. We're about to take off and they're like, oh, this light came on. We gotta, we're going to go back and mechanics going to look at the plane. They didn't offer, you know, to let anyone off. Three hours later, we took off. Three hours. I don't think I've had to sit for three hours, but definitely into the 90-minute range. Um, yeah, not bad enough where toilets are overflowing, but I've been stuck on planes for a long time. And then in some cases, I sat on a plane for 90 minutes, got asked to deboard, and never got to leave. Yeah. And that's annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, that sucks. Sorry, bro. And so – and. If you had to sit there for three hours knowing that some computer sensor was going off saying it's not safe to fly, would you still trust that airplane? Would it's they, always they, disconcerting when they come on the air and they say, we have a maintenance issue. We should need yeah. about 30 minutes to fix this, and then we'll be good to go. But you have to keep in mind that planes require maintenance before every takeoff and landing. Yeah. And well, so after yeah. the three hours, he goes, I'm legally obligated to say, to say like, if you don't want to be on this plane anymore. So... I'm not kidding. About nine people, nine to 10 people got off the plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't had that one. That's a definitely, you know, when they, when they're 
actually giving a full disclaimer about legal obligation to say that they're, they're like, don't you don't have to stay on this plane. Out. You don't have to. And, the, yeah. and yeah, some eight or nine people couldn't count all of them. Some were up farther up front, but they were like, we're out of here. And there's, and he, and he was and the pilot also said, but I will tell you, there are no other flights today. They are all full. And this, so these people were just like, well, I guess we're not leaving today, but they didn't want to, they didn't want to take the chance on that airplane. Yeah. I just said, Jesus, take the wheel. Let's that's go. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's all I got. Next week, we have a guest, uh, a local councilwoman, Nikki Frenchko, who had her first uh, amendment right stifled in an actual council meeting and was arrested in the meeting for standing up to these tyrants. So she's going to be here next week. We'll talk a little bit about that with her, among other things. Uh, for Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to episode 161 of Justified Pursuit. And we will see you guys next week. Watch out for the witches. Big little or short of tongue. Wish I could have kept them all. Mm, I loved them ever one. Like to thank them for the charms. Holding me in their arms. And I hope they